This week on The Big Show, the new African Film Festival returns, saluting the best films from the African continent. Festival organizer Wiza Mantale will stop by to preview the fest. Plus, we'll meet the DC Filmmaker of the Month, Roshan Patel, and we'll also have entertainment news and reviews of the latest films, including Captain Marvel, all on the latest episode of Keeping It Real with Film Gordon. Let's go. Welcome to the latest episode of The Big Show, Keeping It Real with Film Gordon. I am Tim Gordon. First week of March, chugging along. Award season is over. This is actually like the first weekend where we're kind of like phasing into the new year. Lots of big stuff happening. Captain Marvel uh, crash lands in theaters this weekend. That thing ought to be huge. And it's going to perfectly set up uh, episode 22 of the MCU Avengers Endgame. I'll have a review of that coming up coming up a little later on. Also in big news this weekend, uh, Us, Jordan Peele's follow-up to Get Out is set to premiere at South by Southwest this weekend. Wilson Morales from BlackFilm.com will stop by momentarily to give us some thoughts on that. And also coming up, as you heard me say at the top of the show, one of my favorite underground festivals is the New African Film Fest, which takes place every year at AFI Silver in Silver Spring, Maryland. Uh, 37 films from 22 African countries, and the continent is going to be represented. Uh, Wiza Mantali, who is the festival organizer, is going to stop by and talk to us about that. So I'm really excited to hear what this dude has to say. And we have the DC filmmaker, filmmaker of the month for March. It is Mr. Roshan Patel. I've been watching his movies all morning, man. Really, really good stuff. He's going to be in here with us as well. And, you know, we just got lots and lots of shows. So without any further ado, I'm going up to New York right now and check in with our show correspondent and editor-in-chief of BlackFilm.com. This is the man with the plan, with Instagram in his hand. It is Wilson Morales. What's up, Wilson? Not much, you know, a lot's going on this week in the world of news. Just didn't think it was going to be slow, but now that the Oscars are over, you know, we're getting, you know, pilot season talk, you know, upcoming films with a lot of stuff that's on TV, uh, announcements of the when they're going to air it, you know, start streaming, airing, premiering, left and right. All right, so so all that was great, Wilson, but do you realize, did you hear that intro, man? Did you hear how I came in hot for you? And then you was like, yeah, yeah, yeah thanks, man. I'm, I'm all right. I'm good. <laughs> all right, man. All right, let's do it, man. So let me, let me hit this one. Let me hit this one. Idris Elba stepping in for Will Smith, man, in Suicide Squad 2. What are you hearing? 
you know, it's it, you know, obviously Will's got a lot on his plate. He's starting to make a comeback, hopefully. You know, I mean, comeback, hopefully. He's been working, but none of his films has materialized into the financial success that he had, you know, from yesteryear. So obviously, we know he's going to be appearing in Aladdin, and he's slated to do another project that I'll bring up. But you know, because of that, he had to bow out out of Suicide Squad too. And who better to come in and replace him? Idris Elba. You know, and that's a, that's a good swap. You know. Um, Idris, as we all know, has been in playing a character in the Thor universe, but from what we've seen recently, and I guess I can't even recall which Marvel movie it was, his character seems to have faded away. You know, but Marvel also, and this is a, a Suicide Squad, is a DC, is part of the DC universe, so you know, uh, he can have the best of both worlds. So you know, and. You know, he's starting to do a lot of work. If it's not going to happen for James Bond, might as well find another fan base elsewhere. Now, you, t- you go ahead on. You teased it. So Will Smith's not doing this. What is he doing instead of Suicide Squad 2? Now, here's the funny thing. So, like, people don't always read stories. So a lot of people's headlines is that he's been cast to play Richard Williams, the father of Venus and Serena, in a spec script. You know, so it's only like people always... You know, spec script is something that, like, okay, potential, you know, they haven't decided to put the money together to start making it happen, but apparently Will Smith's team has, I guess, allowed it to have his name out there to generate interest. And already on the web, there's been a lot of back and forth about colorism and, you know, whether or not, you know, Will Smith doesn't look the part, you know, you need a much more darker complexion to play that role. Some people even suggested Idris Elba can play the part, or even Don Cheadle, uh, if not Marshall Ali. But, you know, um, no one had complaints when Will Smith played Chris Gardner in The Pursuit of Happiness, and that argument is, well, you know, we didn't have Twitter and Instagram at that time, and we didn't really know who Chris Gardner looked like, as opposed to the whole world knows what Richard Williams looks like. <laughs> and the, and the uh, spec script is called King Richard, am I correct? Yes, King Richard. So, you know, uh, obviously my assumption is that it's going to be focused on the father, you know, doing a lot to get his daughters who have become, you know, uber famous in the game. All right. So now also this week, man, uh, Spike Lee just won an Oscar for, uh, for screenwriting. He's off making the five bloods over in Thailand right now. And he got some additional good news about his Netflix project. She's got to have it. Okay, it's been a year plus as we saw uh, She's Gotta Have It. We, people have been wondering, like, you know, what's the delay? What's the holdup? Well, Netflix put out an announcement today saying it's going to come back uh, May 24th, which is Memorial Day weekend. Anything that's coming up uh, in, on TV, whether it be Netflix or anything else, has to think air before June in order to qualify for an Emmy. Um, earlier this week, it was announced that Ava DuVernay's um, uh, series... Uh, I forgot what to call it, the Central Park Five series. It's also going to air in May, you know. So you know, Netflix is going to try to knock everybody out of the box between She's Got to Have It and the Central Park series. Now, also, you're talking about Netflix, man. They got a new series debuting on April 19th, man, called Someone Great. What do we know about that? It's actually, well, it's actually not a series; it's a movie. Oh, you know, okay. It's a movie, yeah, it's a movie starring Gina Rodriguez, uh, the Wanda Wise, and Lakeith Stanfield. You know, along with Britney Snow, um, seems like a rom-com uh, about, you know, female looking to find herself before she goes away. 
and I, I'm finding itself herself. It sounds a little bit little too much loose, but you know, it's a rom com, and, and the, the three ladies are the leads. So uh, it's good to see the Wanda back in in the film realm. You know, obviously she's been doing work um, for she's got to have it, which which caused her to actually bow out of Captain Marvel at the time they were starting to put that together because she was supposed to initially be cast as uh, Maria Rambeau, but that part ultimately went to Lashana Lynch. Right. Well, man, that's a whew. And she, she, well, never mind. We'll talk about that a little later on in my review. Uh, <laughs> Jordan Peele, man, uh, the long-awaited sequel to Get Out, Us, is uh, debuting at South by Southwest. Um, what, what is your initial feeling, man? Are, are you ex- as excited about this as I am? Well, you said sequel. It's more of a follow-up. You know, it's not a. It's not. I'm sorry, artist. sequel. I apologize. Now I'm thinking about something else. You're absolutely right. It is not a sequel. My apologies. It, it, it's more of a follow. You know, it's, it is. I guess the next film from you know, I guess his canon. You know, Jordan's. I guess he's venturing in the in the horror business, considering he's producing the Twilight Zone and he's got this film coming out, and it seems to be the bigger film, biggest film going to South by Southwest, and it's going to play um, tomorrow night. In, in Texas, along, you know, and so people are excited to see it. You know, he's no longer a novelty. You know, when he did get out, no one knew what to expect because, you know, his background was Key and Pell, and uh, at the time, no one knew who Daniel Kalal was, and unless you watch Girls, you didn't know who Allison Williams is. At this point, we know who Lupita is, we know who Winston Strawn is, and Elizabeth Moss is an Emmy winner, and, a, a, you know, who's been on TV for, you know, a lot of years. So we know what the talent is. Now it's a question of whether or not the story can be executed in a well-told manner that, you know, either we're scared and we're thrilled and, you know, we just can't wait to see it. Right. Now, uh, final story I want to talk about is this next gentleman, Wilson Morales from BlackFilm.com, beat the drum trying to get an Oscar nomination for this individual. We he, He didn't ultimately get it, but what he did get is he goes from Lincoln Heights to Lincoln now in a new series. Talk about Russell Hornsby's uh, latest move. Well, here's the funny thing. Russell Hornsby's currently on the TV show Proven Innocent, which airs on Friday nights, you know, which is kind of like the death the death of the day on, on, for shows, unless you are, and it, it is a procedural drama, but it's not Blue Blood. It's not Hawaii Five O or any of these shows that, uh, that play on Friday nights that has that built-in audience that they can, you know, that stays home and watch these things. It's a show, and it's also a procedure, as I mentioned. Um, but, you know, from what I see and been reading, it hasn't been striking up big ratings. So I guess Fox is on this. Let's see how it holds up to see whether or not we'll greenlight it for season two. Uh, but in the meantime, you know, like any other actor, you're not waiting to see whether or not it's greenlit for season two. So you're signing up to do other things. And one of the things Russell signed up for is a pilot, you know, uh, at least the first episode to see if it can get picked up. And that pilot is Lincoln, which is based on the Bone Collector film, which is actually based on a book. And the book was turned into a movie, The Bone Collector, which starred Denzel Washington and Angelina Jolie. So that will be interesting considering that uh, um, Hornsby and Washington play, work together on fences, both on stage and on screen. So, uh, you know, and he will be perfect for it. You know, he. He's had his lead. He's played a lead role on an NBC series, Grimm. You know, he also played, and interesting enough, the lead in Lincoln Heights. You know, yep. <laughs> you know. So it's it's interesting. It's a good you know good time for Russell Crowe, who you know who was capped, who was memorable um, as Maverick in Run George 
uh, Tillman Jr.'s uh, The Hate You Give. All right, well, he's starting to shine right now. All right, Wilson, we got two minutes to go, man. Last thing, this is this is freestyling. Uh, Oprah Winfrey and Gail King are best friends. Both of them had bad weeks interviewing this week. Uh, Oprah for, <laughs> for the Michael Jackson Leaving Neverland documentary, and of course, Gail King's. Uh, I, I guess the best word is explosive interview with R. Kelly. Um, what are we hearing about the friends today, man? Are they laying low? Because uh, Oprah did not get really good press for doing the Leaving Neverland post stuff. And Gail King, I think, got some kudos for the way she handled uh, the R. Kelly situation. Are you hearing anything, man? You know, it's a touch and go with these situations. You know, um, R. Kelly, obviously, because of surviving R. Kelly, you know, no one's on his side. You know, Michael Jackson's been dead ten, nearly ten years. Um, but that story that aired on HBO has been, you know, uh, going back and forth with people who are victims, people who are not victims. Oprah, who has been a uh, fan, I guess, and also as a uh, a contributor to the Jackson family, as a friend, as a as a reporter, you know, people took her as like, "Why are you doing this?" You know, like uh, somebody's got to tell, do you know, do the interviews. So she's done it. Um, you know, it's been devices. I've seen, you know, tweets as mute Oprah or congratulations mm-hmm. to Oprah, you know. So you never know how these things play out. Wilson Morales, that's why you're the man with the plan with Instagram in your hand. That's my boy right there. <laughs> Wilson, <laughs> before we let you go, man, where can people follow your content, man? Oh, you can tell me over to find it over at blackfilm.com, which is the same word you use for Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Wilson, uh, you join us at the top of every show, man. It is a pleasure, my brother. I will talk to you soon. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, we'll <laughs> all right, okay. man. You take care, man. All right. And, of course, that is Wilson Morales. As I said, top of every show. He is with us, providing us entertainment content. Uh we can ready to take a break right now. We're going to come back on the other side with the DC filmmaker of the month. His name is Rashawn Patel. Stay back with us so you can meet this young man. Very interesting, very interesting filmmaker. You guys are listening to Keeping It Real with Film Gordon here at 96.3 HD4, and that's dcradio.gov. We and the team will be right back. Don't want to feel you. Don't want you on my mind. Don't want to feel you. Don't want you on my mind, don't want to feel you Don't want you on my mind, on my mind, on my mind, 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 mind Why on earth would I leave if you were everything I wanted you to be? When I saw what you did, who you were with Got me questioning the things that I believe So I And welcome back to the show Coming up a little later on Marvel's 21st film In the MCU Captain Marvel You want to hear my review of this one Yeah you do You want to stick around for that one Alright so Welcome back to the show And this is one of my favorite parts of this gig Is every month I get to sit down With a new filmmaker Who is being spotlighted by the DC Film Office It's the filmmaker of the month Guess whose turn it is? Uh, filmmaker Rashawn Patel, documentary filmmaker. Yeah, like it. Documentary filmmaker. 
Um, welcome to our show, sir. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be a part of this. Sir, um, I had an opportunity to watch a couple of your films that I've seen. I know you produce. How many films have you produced or directed in total? Uh, probably about six or seven, yeah. all short nature documentaries, right. wildlife documentaries, yeah. Very nice. Yeah. And I got a chance to see two of them today, so I watched Pride and um, forget the one that was about the elephants that I think you did. As uh, part the Field and Focus series. That, right, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah. Very good, very good. Thank so, you. first and foremost, I was interested that you have a particular kind of purview that you kind of like you you you, you uh, like how you decide decide to shoot or the type of perspective that you have what they talk to me about the genesis of why the the wildlife and the nature yeah. of that of the country absolutely so i grew up studying biology and so actually i came into this from a science background mm -hmm. and the more i started doing field research the more i realized there's a lot of room for stories here that people just aren't seeing and so pride for example was looking at actually a positive conservation story which doesn't happen so often so just trying to find a voice in presenting new ideas and the way that people relate to wildlife and not just the beauty elephant and lion but how do people live with them and what are the challenges and how do you solve those problems so so yeah. give give the give the audience a, a small synopsis of pride sure uh pride looks at a population of asiatic uh, asiatic lions which are a small population so most people know of lions, they think Africa, but there's actually a very small population in India. Um, and so they actually live near where my parents grew up. So I grew up going to that area. Hmm. Uh, and when I got into film, I was like, okay, here's a story where they went from 50 to now about 500. And so the population's doing well, people live with them. So the documentary is just looking at how do people live with them? How do they think about lions that allows them to be safe around them? Um, just a very untraditional uh, predator story because most times you hear about lions, you hear about death, but here they're just booming. Now, Charles, the, the thing that's interesting about pride is that the lions live among the people. So there's a certain, they have a certain level that they've been elevated uh, of a hierarchy that they're the other animals. Cause I, I it was a part in it that, I, that made me laugh. And the guy was like, yeah, you know, there's some other animals here, but when the lions show up, they all run. <laughs> and, and then there are lions that will feast and they'll eat. And it, it's accepted like, okay, well that's for the lions. And so the lions are almost looked at, is it, is it almost a spiritual, like they're elevated them to like, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I think it's, you know, in that part of India, they have mm -hmm. reincarnation is a big part of their belief system. So mm -hmm. when you pass away, you become something else. And so lions actually ha happen to be very high on the hierarchy of what you could become mm -hmm. as opposed to a mosquito or things like that. And mm -hmm. so in this case, you see a lion, they get associated with the gods. So if you see a lion, you're seeing something that is, you know, a messenger for gods. Mm. And so something that you should just respect. And when they eat, it's totally fine. That's just what they do. And, so. and, they, and they live among the people, man. It's the, it's the coolest thing. Now, <laughs> I, I, now, you grew up there. Now, was that your experience as well? So I actually grew up here, but I, okay. my parents grew up in that part okay. of India. And so I went visiting every few summers. Um, and so it wasn't entirely my experience, but I grew up around people that respected that. And that's how they saw wildlife. And so rather than just seeing it as people versus animals, right. I grew up with this mentality that 
animals grow up alongside people and that's just how things are. Um, and that was very influential to now how I tell stories and how I look for stories in wildlife. What are the ways that people are living with them and trying to solve problems as opposed to trying to create that conflict. All right, so the the second short that I watched was the one, as you said, that uh, was about the elephants and how they track the elephants, excuse me, and uh, with trying to develop their patterns. I thought that was really interesting from the standpoint, except, I mean, I mean, we know no animals are harmed during the making of these things, but is this device that they put in this tracking system, was that comfortable for the elephants, or do, do we ask the elephants, or do we care? Like, <laughs> So one of the cool things about that story that's not in the film, just because it's so short and focused, mm-hmm. is that they test those tracking devices on mm-hmm. the elephants here at the National Zoo. Mm-hmm. So they know whether or not they're uncomfortable before they take them into the field to decide is this going to change their behavior? Is it going to make them stick to certain areas because they don't want to push through the jungle in certain ways? So a lot of those things actually are, are testing on the elephants here in D.C. And explain what yeah. this device is because it's yeah. kind of like a, a, a belt that has uh, some sort of GPS or... Yeah, it's basically a Fitbit. It's, it's just looking at... <laughs> An elephant Fitbit. How, it's like how they move, how right, fast right they're moving. And so what it helps scientists do is figure out where do they go at night? Where are they eating? Where are they going for mating? Or are there conflict areas? Are they going where right. places are where people are farming? Mm-hmm. And so it really helps them determine what's happening and how can they solve those problems. Because right now there's no data. All Nobody right. really knows where they go. They just go in the jungle and they disappear. So all right, we're sitting up yeah. talking to documentary filmmaker uh, Rashan Patel. Uh, they, I, I got to ask you this, man. How does it feel to be? Spotlighted as the DC filmmaker of the month. Oh, it's awesome. I mean, it's really wonderful. I think, you know, I've always been part of very specific film communities with wildlife and that sort of thing. And so it's really nice to learn a little bit more about what else is going on in the city and seeing, you know, other filmmakers highlighted through this over the course of the last several months. So I'm just really happy to be a part of it. Sir, I appreciate you. Do you have anything coming up that we need to spotlight? Or any any new movie, any new project? Sure. We've got a couple films screening at the Environmental Film Festival okay. uh, on March 16th and 17th. So mm-hmm. there's, if you look up at the Environmental Film Festival site, there's some screenings on the elephant uh, films in particular. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, finishing up a film on coral. So going to try to release that in the spring. So that'll be the next big project. So is this going to be your bailiwick that you're going to always focus on nature in your films? I think so. I I think there's a lot of good stories there to tell. So So no romantic comedy. (laughs) Not for now. (laughs) Coral's fall in love, too. Yeah. (laughs) Sean Patel, thank you, sir. And congratulations, man, on being the DC Filmmaker of the Month. Thank you so much. All right. Congratulations. Thanks. Hi, I'm Kevin Wilmot, and you listen to The Big Show, Keeping It Real with Phil Gordon. Did you ever wonder, yeah, do you ever wonder what he might be going through on his own and the demons that he's facing alone? Sometimes I hate that sometimes I can't go home, and it just ain't the same on the phone, no. And welcome back to Keeping It Real with Film Gordon. Uh, Charles Kirkland and I are here. Uh, that last segment with our DC Filmmaker of the Month, 
Uh, Rashawn uh, Patel, congratulations to that dude. Charles, I saw you were very impressed with him as well. I was, and I'm glad you introduced me for this segment, though, because... I think nobody even knew I was there for the last <laughs> <laughs> Boy, it is, it is shady up in here today, man. So I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> Coming up in our next segment, man, uh, we'll have movie reviews, and there's only really one movie this week, and of course, that's Captain Marvel. Stay tuned for that. But right now, um, I talked about this early in the show as being one of my favorite under-the-radar film festivals. Uh, the New African Film Festival uh, will be debuting uh, this weekend in Silver Spring, uh, one of my favorite festivals because uh, when you spend a lot of time, as I am, watching you know westernized films, and then we'll watch some foreign language films, which kind of are a smaller part of what I do. But these stories that come out of the African continent and specifically the various African countries, I always enjoy how these films are made, the perspective of these films, and how they actually touch my heart and soul. Uh, the person who has been responsible for the New African Film Festival here locally uh, is a, a young man uh, from Ghana by way of Iowa. I always love introducing him that way. <laughs> by way of uh, Iowa, I, 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 it well, is... I guess, I guess. Wait, no, you go, go you go, you go jump in, man. You can cut me up. You can get, <laughs> this is Weeza Mantale uh, from Africa Now. What's going on, Weeza? Uh, not much. I just want a slight correction. Uh-huh. I am from I am from Malawi. Oh, I my apologies. Ga- uh, yeah, I, but I grew up in Ghana. I, I did. That's why uh, I grew up in Ghana. I did my high school in Ghana, and then. Uh, and then I also, yes, Iowa is another connection of mine. I went to the University of Iowa. <laughs> so wait a minute. You see how you see how Weezer jumped in there quick. Hey, it's colors, man. You can't just be. Yeah, you can't just uh-uh, put me I'm anywhere. from Malawi. I'm from I get, Malawi. Uh-uh, uh-uh. All right, bro. So what's no, going cause on, Weezer? Because no, I just don't want to misrepresent the Ghanaian, my Ghanaian brothers and sisters. Yesterday was the Independence Day for Ghana. <laughs> I, want, I want to, you know, Ghana was Independence Day was yesterday. Give a shout out to Ghana. Ghana, Ghana. Woo-hoo! all right, Ghana. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. So yesterday, March, March, March sixth. So uh, and uh, which is very appropriate, you know. Our first film comes from Ghana, right? And it, it's uh, the film tonight, the opening night film, which is going to be great. It's by um, uh, uh, Blitz. Uh, so his name is Samuel Blitz Bazuwele Bazuwele. He's uh, from Ghana. Uh, he's a musician based here in um, in Brooklyn. He's a hip hop artist, actually. So right. he's, he's, he's name most people really know him as Blitz the Ambassador. Yeah, right, right, and, right. Uh, and he's done a lot of work with um, people like the Roots and others, you know. And uh, he uh, has this is his first film. Uh, he's now his first film make that he's made. His uh, this is debut film. And it's received a lot of acclaim. Actually, um, Ava DuVernay has uh, picked it up. Right. Well, yeah. So Array will be uh, releasing yeah. uh, The Burial of Kojo. So yeah. we'll check it out uh, tonight. But but well, you brought up Ava DuVernay. I noticed this year that 40% of the movies that are going to be playing at the festival are directed by women. And you have over eight 40%. that are, yeah, over 40%. Wow. Yeah. So was that a concerted and, effort or is that just how it worked out this year? A combination of both. We we always because we're always in March, so in the back of our mind, we always hope that we have female um, filmmaker represented because this March is Women's History Month, and of course tomorrow is International Day for Women. 
So it's always a it's a factor, uh, and we've been it's been very very exciting that every year there are more and more filmmakers that we we showcase who are uh, who are women. And I just wanted to, uh, to point out that actually the first project that Lupita Nyong'o did. Right. Uh, she did a film on uh, uh, people with albinos in in uh, uh, Kenya. Oh yeah, yeah. We we showed that at the festival. Okay. So before I... she was before anyone knew her, we we knew her. <laughs> so in other words, you you're claiming responsibility for Lupita Nyong'o's career. Uh, not, well, I'm not saying because <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what it sounded like to me, Weezer. <laughs> I just say that we we, we we don't we don't wait for the bandwagon. Oh, I got you. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah, because uh, somebody was asking me about uh, Panther, and he said is, is, is the, the explosion of Panther is is the explosion uh, because of Panther. I said no, Panther is because of African filmmaking. That's right. It's the other wow. way around. There you go. Uh, the other way around is that you've had uh, countries like Nigeria producing massive films throughout the year. They have over 500 films per year. Nollywood. And they're the, they're the, yeah, Nollywood. They're the, they're the second biggest film-producing country after, after India, Bollywood. And, uh, they, so, and that has created a confidence in, all over the continent that people can now really present their own story unlike ever before. That's one of the great things that uh, Nollywood has, has done uh, people were critical of it in the terms of creativity, in terms of creativity and art at the beginning. Um, which, uh, but the good, the great thing is that 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 too is, is changing. Just like Hollywood is not just one thing, Nollywood is not one thing. Nollywood right. is a is a is a is a big industry which has many parts. You have the creative Nollywood, you have the artistic, you know, creative artistic expression Nollywood, but then you also have the commercialization of Nollywood. Just like Hollywood has, you know, uh, the artistic expression uh but then you also have the over commercialization of hollywood right right, right. But, and that's the way that's the way now that's how people have to look at nollywood is that it's an industry which is not one thing any uh anymore especially now right. you have now you have seasoned art uh, actors who are who are who are doing a lot of great stuff and then you also have also great collaboration that's taking place between uh, uh the african diaspora and nollywood you have uh, some people like um uh, this uh, the actress uh, Vivita A. Fox. Yes, she's done. She's supported some some Nigerian filmmaking, and she's been in one of the films that we actually showed at the festival a few years ago, uh, uh, called uh, November, which is uh, based on a true story, loosely based on uh, Ken Saruwa's uh, plight and the fight in Ogoni land. Uh, people are fighting for uh, to get back their land, which has been taken over by oil uh, corporations, and and so it was a play on that that story but she was involved in that she's involved i hear she's involved in some other things as well so you're getting that great you know collaboration it is very much a pan-african experience no so, as, and that, that's and so and the um, and it's really weezer sorry it's, it's, it's weezer. been so long with it yeah weezer stop you're telling me about <laughs> movies from two years ago i want to talk about the movies this year man i want to talk about this year's highlights man 
And that's how that's how African story making is. It 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 encompasses the whole thing. So it's it's not just right now, but it's also what's come before. So he's doing a very African style storytelling here. So you got to give him room to breathe. I'm putting the context. Thank you very much. I'm giving you the scoop before the main menu. But you also talked about collaborations, and I think you got a big collaboration from an an, an actor well known in the United States. Uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor has got something. Did you just mispronounce Chiwetel Ejiofor? What did you just call him? I messed it up. Chiwetel who? (laughs) Wow, I did. I did a Timmins. That's a Timmism. Chiwetel Ejiofor. As a, as a Malawi set true life tale, The Boy Who Harnessed the Wind. Now, it premiered at Sundance, and I think yes. it's is it on Netflix now? Uh, yes, it, it, it uh, premiered on Netflix uh, March 1st, but you can see it on the big screen at the New African Film uh, Festival. I see what you did uh, there, on, Weezer. Uh, I see what you did there. March 16th. <laughs> at, at 7 p.m., and we're going to premiere that. We're going to show it, not premiere, but we're going to show it. Uh, on the big screen, one of the first places to be seen on the big screen, and it's a great, great story about this young man who uh, from Malawi, who um, in the midst of the drought that took place in the 2002, um, he had to leave school because his family didn't have enough money for fees. But then, and so he created, decided to create a windmill to support his village with electricity and and water. And he came because he, he read this book and he did it from all these different things, which people would consider junk parts, you know, like right. from uh, uh, bicycles, a whole bunch of things. He created this windmill, and then that created fascination. People heard about him all over the the the, the, the village and then beyond, and then and, it, and the story even caught fire on a Wall Street Journal uh, article uh, because an American had seen it, and then he later wrote the book, the boy, who, the boy who harnessed the wind. Mm-hmm, uh, right. His name is William Kamkwamba, and so this story is based on that book, and which came out in 2009. And uh, so the 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 good thing about this film is that the person who owns the story is like credited as a what, like a screenwriter as well because it's cool. based on his book. Cool. And him and Ch- and Chitwell have been touring together as they're promoting the film in different places. So it's very exciting. It's very it's done very it's done very well in in uh, respecting. Uh, the society there. People who've seen it have, have uh, really come away. A lot of Malawians that, I, well, yeah, as you know, I'm from Malawi, have, have uh, given it uh, good reviews. I was going uh, to say, you're, you're, you're a Malawian, yeah. so I thought you would have a good input as to how this movie plays out, the story is told. You also got uh, something from Jaiman Hansu that's coming out this uh, at the festival. Exactly, yeah. Uh, as you know, Jaiman Hansu is uh, from Benin. And he's going, he's also um, doing something which we've always wanted to do as part of the festival, why we did the festival, is to give the com- a, a more complete picture of the African story, the African culture, African people. And uh, he goes back to Benin to uh, look at voodoo, the religion voodoo, because it, oftentimes Hollywood has uh, mysticized it, made it seem as an other, or not right. even a religion, as a witchcraft and all that. He, pu- he puts it in a proper context of what voodoo is, that he's part of that story as well, of warning that from that culture, and vo- that it's a, it's a religion, just like any religion in the world, and puts that, that human face on that story. So it's a, very, it's a great documentary, and uh, that's on Saturday, uh, this coming Saturday at uh, 
5.15. So very, it's a good time to go out and uh, be entertained as well as uh, get really Educated. deep yeah. knowledge. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it's from one of the great artists uh, we have in the African world, uh, 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 who, of course, most of you saw him, Blood Diamond, or, um, or the one with uh, Russell Crowe. Um, right. Uh, uh, sorry? No, no, no. Gladiator. I was just saying, right. No, I knew exactly. I couldn't yeah. remember the title of it, but but yeah, the movie. Yeah, gladiator. Yeah, but the movie I was interested in and I wanted to talk to you about is you guys have the U.S. premiere of uh, Sarah Bleacher's, you know, South African film, filmmaker Sarah Bleacher's uh, multicultural gangster thriller Mayfair. I want to see oh, this. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it is a gangster type of film, but based in South Africa and also based in the part of South Africa where the Indian community is. Mm. Uh, So you're seeing part of South Africa, which you probably, a lot of people don't see enough of. A lot of people maybe not know that Durban, for instance, is uh, in Durban in South Africa, is one of the biggest Indian cities outside India. I think it might have been number one, I think. I think if you look at the number of Indians who live in Durban, Durban, South Africa. Uh, Mm. uh, Because the Indians were brought there uh, by the British again as indentured servants and, and slaves basically and working and so you have the, they have an old history in South Africa they are South Africans and so this this film is 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 is, is based on that that's why it's the multicultural so you're talking uh, about a family who's connected with uh, East African uh, um, gangsters who are ten, or Somalis and how they and it's looking at a son who comes back. To the family business, so to speak, he had left, and then he comes back, and I don't want to give it away too much. Yeah, please don't, <laughs> please do not, because <laughs> it gives us yeah, something to look forward to. Because he he worked he worked in the NGO community, and it, so it looks at uh, the the kind of the path he worked he walked the tightrope he walked uh, this life and that and and his his, his his family's commitments and all that uh, and I'm, and how he deals with that. And uh, then uh, a, a film that I don't want to, us to forget. To bring up uh, that we're showing at the festival. By the way, Mayfair is on Saturday. The one that started. Right. So it's a great Saturday night movie at ten o'clock. Fantastic movie. You will not sleep watching this movie. <laughs> 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 you will not. It, it is. It is. A, it's, a, it's an appropriate time for it. It's really action oriented. Also, but also dialogue and character as well. You get a great sense of the character. And then, you, and then you see the side, side of uh, people in South Africa you, you don't see normally. Right. Uh, so it's a good thing, yeah. And okay. then the other one um, uh, that I said I don't want people to miss out on Saturday the ninth uh, is uh, the Mercy of the Jungle. The reason why I say that is because it's from Rwanda, and you don't again Rwanda is one of the newcomers in African filmmaking. Mm. They don't have a, a, an old history, but this is the winner of the big of the biggest African film festival. They just won the the biggest prize on Saturday. Uh, and, and Fespaco, you know, Fespaco is that is the festival that takes place every two years in uh, Burkina Faso. Right, right. And yep. uh, they, they, it, it won the award. It's a great film too. It's, it's about these two soldiers, Rwandese, who get uh, stuck in um, in a war zone in Congo. They're Rwandese, so they have to. It's their it's their trials and 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 travel trying to get out of the war zone, not being recognized, so they can get back into their country. So it's a very exciting, very tense thriller about about that. It's set in 1998 during the uh, uh, the second war in uh, uh, Congo War in in Congo, uh, the, the war which uh, that was still still suffering from it mm-hmm. really in Congo. Still going on, I mean, yeah. 
yeah, six million people have died from that war, uh, which we don't hear enough of. But this is looking at two individuals and their kind of um, uh, as challenges trying to get back to their to their to their, to their home. So, and uh, but also, yeah, it's a very it's a very complex. It won um, the biggest award and it won some other awards too. So now Weezer. Now hold on a second. So we're online with uh, Weezer Mantali who is one of the organizers of the new African Film Fest that is now in, it's which year now? What year is it? Year 16? 15. 15. All right, so year 15. So, Weeza, thinking about this, and I understand why you started it, man, but talk about the significance of presenting these films, and as you've seen over the course of your 15 years, the, the explosion of imagery uh, not just from African Americans, but from folks of African descent internationally. Why is the new African Film Festival still relevant and important in 2019? It's still relevant and important because African world, when I say African world, I mean the whole, anybody of African descent, whether you're in the United States, Canada, Brazil, everywhere in the world, Africa itself. Our, the films about us are not distributed enough they and they're very hard to be um brought to the so-called mainstream hollywood is still squeamish about things about uh, uh in, in that sense uh and, and other filmmakers uh so it's still important and relevant um so that we get the film young up-and-coming filmmakers a chance to expose their talent uh as well as the culture, society, so you're getting a, a proper context uh, of, uh, of the filmmaking. Just like no one ever asked why is Cannes still important? You know, oh. Cannes mm. Film Festival. <laughs> Man, you, you, you showed me. I'm sorry. My apologies. I just I just wanted you to talk about the relevance. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Nobody yeah, ever yeah, asked yeah, Sundance why Sunday is still important. Yeah, no, no, no I'm not saying you. I'm just, I'm just saying uh, we should look at it that way that there's always going to be need for these type of festivals because culture is ever evolving, culture is ever moving, culture is ever fluid, and you always have to keep. Even if we get to a point where you you can go to the, the AM, AMC Cinema on a Saturday and you see multiple films from all over the African world of of any type, and not just one type, you know, because now you're relegated to a certain type of Af- of a African world type of film. Or, you know, you always have a savior who's not from that place and all that stuff. So, you know, it's, it's like, uh, for instance, Denzel Washington, the, the award he wins, the biggest award he wins for is, is something, portraying something he probably didn't want to win from, but he, that's right. what he won for. <laughs> so, yeah, so you, yeah. want a, you want a multifaceted type of uh, uh, filmmaking because we're multi, just like any human people, we're multifaceted, multi, you know, we get different things going on. And so, hopefully, uh, that'll 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 catch it'll, it'll it'll will be part of that explosion. And I think it is becoming part of. I, I think there is a movement going on. Uh, it's when you're in it, 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 it seems slow, right? Um, but it, but it, but but I think you can see it. You can see it because as the emergence of Nollywood as well is a perfect example. If you go all over Africa right now, everybody has this uh, TV, uh, this, this this dish TV which has uh, uh, African movie channels, uh, a lot of them. And they, even if you go to the Caribbean, they know Nigerian movies in the Caribbean. 
they, these guys who Nigerian actors are big stars in Nigeria in the, in the Caribbean. So, and, and even other parts of the world. So you're getting, right. so, uh, so we can see that. So that that's why it's, it's important because it, it's part of that journey. Very good. So, so Weeza, uh, tell us, tell people where they can find where the festival is being held, where we can buy tickets. How can how can they be involved in seeing these great films from the African con- continent? They should go to the uh, uh, AFI Silver Theater and Cultural Research Center, which is at. Uh, uh, eight six three three Colesville Road, and uh, and, uh, and uh, again that's at the Silver AFI Spring, Silver Maryland, Theater, yeah, and right. co- yeah, Cultural Center, right. and uh, Silver Spring, Maryland, the downtown Silver Spring, right on uh, Colesville Road, right near the. If you're in the area, you know the Red Line Metro Station is right down the street. So we're talking so about the AFI Silver yeah. Theater, correct? Yes, yes, right. yes. and uh, they can call the for information at three zero one four nine five. Six seven zero zero three zero one four nine five six seven zero zero, or you can go on the website, which is uh, afi dot com forward slash silver. That's afi dot com forward slash silver. And uh, as we said, there thirty. We didn't even go to all, so many great films, but there's some great. Uh, there are thirty seven uh, thirty seven films from twenty two countries all over the the continent of Africa. Great films. You have. Uh, uh, romantic films like Before the Vows from Weezer, Ghana. Weezer, uh, we, we really we appreciate it. We're up against we, time, we brother. We told you we said 20 minutes would go by fast, and here we are at the bumper. We really appreciate no, you ha- having you on the show today. I'm sorry, I'm sorry I tucked your head off. You're good, man. You're good, brother. You're good. The new the new African Film Fest is this weekend all the way through. What are the dates again from starting? March, March 7th. Today, March 7th to the 17th that's March 7th to the 17th March. all right so brother yeah. I will see you later on this evening Wiza Mandali right. uh, New African Film Festival as well as Africa Now thank you sir and uh, we will talk to you soon thank you very much and I just wanted to add that the people the other sponsors of film festival is actually Africa World Now Project Africa Africa Cafe and AFI Silver yeah, they're, they're, they're three sponsors. Perfect. All right, Musa. It's always a pleasure, man. Thank you. It's always a pleasure. Thank you very much. All right, you take care. All right, we're going to take a break right now. We come back. It's going to be time to talk Captain Marvel. Guys, keep it where you got it. Uh, it's film review time. It's 96.3 HD4. Keep it real with Film Gordon, and we'll be right back. I'm going to shine my light, my light. back to the show and of course this week's reviews are presented by the film gordon.com experience film through the eyes of a true film addict check out all of our film content at the film this week there is one movie 
to rule them all at the box office. But before we begin, cue the music. Let's start with a trip back to Marvel's cinematic past. And that, of course, is Captain Marvel. And this is a superhero film based on Marvel Comics character Carol Danvers. It's the 21st film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and it is written and directed by Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck, who did half Nelson Sugar, his kind of funny story, Mississippi Grind. It stars Brie Larson as Danvers alongside Samuel L. Jackson, Ben Mendelsohn, Jamon Hansu, Lee Pace, Lashana Lynch, Jimma Chan, Annette Benning, Clark Gregg, and Jude Law. Now, this story is set in 1995 and follows Danvers as she becomes Captain Marvel after the Earth is caught in the center of a galactic conflict between two alien worlds. Let's listen to a clip from Captain Marvel. Oh, oh. you want to get personal. Where were you born? Huntsville, Alabama, but technically I don't remember that part. Name your first pet. Mr. Snoofers. Mr. Snoofers. That's what I said. Did I pass? Not yet. First job? Soldier. Straight out of high school. Left the ranks of full bird colonel. Then? Spy. Where? It was the Cold War. We were everywhere. Uh, Belfast, Bucharest, Belgrade, Budapest. I like the bees. I can make them ride. Now? Been riding a desk for the past six years, trying to figure out where our future enemies are coming from. Never occurred to me they would be coming from above. Name a detail so bizarre a scroll could never fabricate it. Toast is cut diagonally, I can't eat it. You didn't need that, did you? No, no I didn't, but I enjoyed it. Okay, your turn. Prove you're not a scroll. All righty, so when we last left the MCU, um, Ant-Man, if you guys, and, and at, the, at this point, if you haven't seen Ant-Man and the Wasp, it's really not like I'm spoiling anything. The movie's been out for like nine months. So when we last left them, Ant-Man was suspended in the quantum realm after Thanos snapped his finger with the infinity gauntlet on his hand um, and literally erased half of the universe. So the question became at the end of last summer, Man, the MCU is in a bad place. Half of its superheroes are gone. Thanos has taken over. The world has is, is lost half of its population. How will the MCU fight its way back? Well, this first film that we're about to talk about right now, Captain Marvel, is a major step in that direction of this film. And, of course, it tells the story of a young woman who is of Cree descent, who grows up on that planet, and their objective is to eradicate the Skrulls, which are their rivals. The Skrulls are a group of shapeshifters who um, can assume the identity of any any person, anyone. And the Krees, uh, uh, Carol Danvers, played by Lawson, and her mentor, in this case, which uh, I forget what his character's name was, but he was played by Jude Law, who's kind of like the guy who trains her. Um, and they all report to, is it called Mother? Master Intelligence. Master of Intelligence, which of course is played by Annette Benning. So as the film opens up, 
Um, there is an intergalactic battle that's going on, and in the midst of the fighting, Danvers ends up on uh, what is referred to, I want to say, is it Project 53, Planet 53? C-53. C-53, thank you, and that's why you have associate producer here who, <laughs> who helps you with these elements, but C-53, which is a.k.a. Earth in the year 1995. And it's kind of an interesting flashback because the events that occur in this film happen 13 years before Iron Man will show up and the rest of the in the in the actual Avengers initiative is actually created. Uh, But in this film, we meet a young Nick Fury played by Samuel L. Jackson, who has most of his hair and both of his eyes as the film starts. And. He is trying to figure out who this alien is and, the, and supporting her in her alien battle against her rivals. Uh, we find out that there's deception. There are mistruths. And finally, we figure out we see the emergence of a new hero who, looking at how the film kind of shapes up, is more powerful than all of the other superheroes that will come after her. Um, I thought Brie Larson had a lot of personality in his role and I you know I, I you know much like when Wonder Woman and DC Universe came out with Wonder Woman with Gay Godot um, I thought that there were other people I would have chosen but I think it is it Gal Gadot Thank you. I always pronounce her as Gay Gadot. Gal Gadot uh, as Wonder Woman. I thought there were several other actors that I thought I would have personally have loved to have seen in that role. But I think Brie Larson really works well here. And I really think also from the and I'm not I don't want to give anything away because this is definitely spoiler free. But you definitely want to be there at the very beginning of the film. Marvel I just think they get it. Marvel has a formula that they have been executing for the last 11 years. Marvel understands how to make these movies. I honestly believe now better than any other studio has ever produced these movies. Charles? Yes? No? Yes. Yes. Marvel does an amazing job uh, with this film. Now, um, I realize from talking to my colleague that uh, he, he feels opposite of how I feel about the film. I thought... Everything I I thought everything about this film to me sort of works, right? I thought that the action sequences, I thought the CGI, I lo- I like what they did there. Um, I love the fact that there are always Easter eggs and surprises that are in these films because you're talking about a shared universe of films that have been that have come before it, and the way that Marvel seamlessly integrates various characters you can tell that they had a plan back in i don't know 2007 2008 of how they would execute this and i think for the most part they have done an amazing job of transferring these stories from these comic books to these movies and again i'm a guy i'm and and i'll say this and i've said it once i'll say it a thousand times i didn't read any of these comic books i'm a film critic so you show me a film I analyze a film. So I don't really know the deep backstory because people tell me, well, they changed this, they changed that. I care about the movie, right? So I think for the movie, the movie thrilled me. I was into it. The audience I watched it with was into this movie. Um, I, I, I love the way it perfectly sets up the events that are to come in two months when we watch Avengers Endgame, um, including a, an end scene 
uh, or you know, like I'm assuming it's a credit scene. Any credit scene that if because people walked out, and I'm like, dude, it's only it's, been it's, twenty, it's, it's, right? It's only been twenty one movies. Like you really don't understand <laughs> it. Like you got to sit through all the credits. But the end scene that they show perfectly sets up what's going to happen in Endgame. It perfectly sets it up. I love this movie. Now, again, is it the greatest Marvel movie? No. Black Panther holds that title. Is it is it from a dramatic standpoint the best movie in the series? No. That would be Captain America Winter Soldier. But do I like this movie like I like Ant-Man or Guardians of the Galaxy or any of the other movies that have come before it? Thor Ragnarok? Yes. I was entertained. If you're going to spend money, which most people are this weekend, and you're going to go and invest in the IMAX price, 17 bucks, or you're going to get the one with the Dolby sound, you want your chairs to shake, you're going to get a little spray on your face. Is it worth it? Yes. Marvel does this thing better than anybody else. We could, I can sit here and nitpick the story, but at the end of the day, and I'm saying this to Charles because I'm pointing at him, at the end of the day, it is a shared Marvel Cinematic Universe. And just like when we watched Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, which was the glue movie that was between Fellowship <laughs> of the Ring and The, the Return, Return of the, of the King, King. Yeah. we got to connect these stories. And some of these movies, for, for some people, may be casualties in the, in the huge MCU quilt in the connection. I like this movie a lot. I recommend this movie a lot. I think we're going to see between uh, uh, Cal Danvers, as they refer to in the movie as Veers, uh, between her and uh, uh, Chadwick Boseman as Black Panther, I think the next iteration of the Avengers is going to be hot. It's going to be hot. It's going to be multicultural. It's going to be a woman, an African-American man, superheroes leading the MCU. I'm excited. I gave this movie an A. Charles looked at me as if I had stolen his firstborn when I when he found out what my grave of this movie was. Charles stole that from me. What took that from me? Killed that from me. <laughs> <laughs> so I I like Captain Marvel, man. Um, like I said, I'm really excited. Um. And, you know, I'm a little biased, you know, for reasons that they know about in studios. So I'm a little biased on, on Captain Marvel because it's all about the cinematic experience, people. All right. Just keep that in mind. All right. So that's all I got today because that's the only movie of substance that's coming out this weekend. Uh, on behalf of the, the woman who provides me chocolate, who will eat in my face and not offer me anything. On behalf of our super producer. Jessica Sturgis. And on behalf of our associate producer, the man that I refer to on a weekly basis as the most selfish man in radio, Charles Kirkland. I'm Tim Gordon. And as I tell you guys in closing every week, please see something good at the movies. I already told you what it is. You know, you make your own determination. Uh, until next time, I see you guys on the other side. We're out.
expectations. I don't even want your congratulations. I recognize your false confidence and calculated promises all in your conversation. I hate people that feel entitled. Look at me crazy cause I ain't invite you. Oh, you important, you the moral to the story. You endorsing my love for them, I don't even like you. Corrupt a man's heart with a gift. That's how you find out who you're dealing with. A smart percentage you I'm building with. I want the credit if I'm losing or I'm winning. Oh, my mama, that's the real issue. Sure.